This morning, we are just going to get into the word of God as we get into the word of God. I would like to start reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. If you can just you know, get your Bible, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, or you may get that in the screen. Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Prepare the Way. Can you say that with me? Prepare the Way. You know, as I was going through these scriptures, from verse 3 on to verse 5, what I really could see this morning is God telling the church to prepare the way. But how do we understand from what the word of God is telling? So now this is what we are going to look at. I'm going to just, you know, give us little subtitle to these scriptures. This verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5. Verse 3 is the announcement of the coming of the Lord. Verse 4 is the preparation that is required for the coming of the Lord. Amen? So first one is the coming Announcement of the coming of the Lord. And number two is the preparation. I want your mind. Your mind is not here yet. I know that. I know that. I know that in my spirit. Right? First one is the announcement of the coming of the Lord. Second one is the preparation that is required for the coming of the Lord. And third one is the actual coming of the Lord. You know, these are the three scriptures. Uh, and Isaiah has laid down in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to uh, verse, verse 5. Verse 3 talks about the announcement of the Lord. Listen to me, then you can listen to the, see the screen. Announcement of the Lord. Verse 3 says, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You know, I see in verse 3 a parallel between the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord. How many of us believe that God is going to, Jesus is going to come back to this world? Amen? Amen? So, you know, I see a parallel in this scripture for the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord. During the first coming of the Lord, who was the messenger? John the Baptist was the messenger. And this is what John the Baptist said. John chapter 1 verse 23. John said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight way the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. So he quoted from the scripture that we read. And he said, I am the voice that is crying in the wilderness. But now the second coming of the Lord. You know, there is somebody that they need to make the announcement. And who is the messenger for the second coming of the Lord? 
We are the messenger. The church is the messenger. Can I hear an amen from you? You know, we are the messenger of the Lord. We are supposed to tell this generation that Jesus is going to come back to this world. Amen. You know, this morning God is telling us, I came to this world once and John the Baptist made that announcement. And today I want you to tell everybody that I am going to come back to this world. John said, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And today the church is telling, telling one another, prepare your way. Can you look at somebody, your neighbor and say, prepare your way? Prepare your way. All of us need to prepare our ways. And we need to tell people outside, prepare your way. There are many things that need to be straightened up in our own life. There are many things that need to be straightened up, you know, in the life of people before Jesus comes back to this world. And who is needed there? The messenger is needed. And God is calling the church that you are the messenger, that you are supposed to tell this generation that Jesus is going to come back to this world. And if you look at verse 4, verse 4 is the actual preparation of the coming of, for the coming of the Lord. And what is verse 4? Can you read that with me? Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth. That is the preparation that is needed. It's just easy. You can just walk into you know, drive 20 minutes away from, this, away from the city and you see a rough land over there. And if you need to get that land ready, you know, so that you can build houses on that land, how much work is needed there? It is much more. Now, in the first coming, when Jesus came, during the first coming, how the way was prepared? Who was the messenger? John the Baptist, he was the messenger. And how the preparation was done, we, we may not go there in detail, but I can read a couple of scriptures from Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. You know, the way the preparation was done in Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12, John the Baptist saw people coming towards him for, in order to be baptized. Do you remember that story? You know, everybody walked from Galilee and from all the other places. They came to River Jordan in order to be baptized by John the Baptist. And John was baptizing and he saw Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him to be baptized. Can you imagine? We have a baptism service. Where do we have our baptism service? Chocolate Lake. We have an answer for everything. Thank God. Chocolate Lake, right? So when we have our baptism service... And suddenly who walks there? Our mayor walks there. And he says, Sir, I'm ready for baptism. Can I be baptized? Look forward to those days. Amen. Amen. Right? And someone else walks who is in the leader, who is a party leader. He comes and says, Sir, can I get baptized? And John saw, and he suddenly saw all the Pharisees and Sadducees, they are coming to be baptized. And what John was doing there? He was preparing the way for the Lord. And this is what he said, brood of vipers, who want you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, go and bear the fruit of righteousness. The way is getting ready. The way is getting prepared. And then verse 10 says, John said, even the ox, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Even the axe is laid to the roots of the trees. And every tree that is not bearing fruit is going to be cut down and thrown into the fire, preparing the way. 
You know, we see God, how God prepares. Verse 12, his winnowing fan is in his hands and he will thoroughly cleanse out his threshing floor and gather his weeds into the barn and the chaff will be burnt up in the, in the unquenchable fire. John was preparing the way of the Lord in the second coming, for the second coming. God is asking us to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. If you move a little further to verse 5, we see the actual coming of the Lord. In verse 5, Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet says, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. When the glory will be revealed, when the glory was revealed, when Jesus was born. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And John, the disciple, not John the Baptist, and he put it this way, during the first coming of the Lord, if you can read the scripture with me, John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Isaiah said, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and now John is saying, and we beheld, we saw the glory, the glory as the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And John witnessed the first coming of the Lord. Now the second coming of the Lord, Revelation, the same John, after so many years, in Revelation chapter 1, he says, Behold, can you read that with me? Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierce him will see the Lord. You, know, you see the parallel between the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord. But that's my, not my sermon. I'm just getting into my sermon. That's just an introduction. But before the Lord comes there, there are a couple of things that need to happen. What need to happen? The way has to be prepared. The way has to be prepared. And where do we see that? We read that. If you can read, it's a little difficult to read. And what is that preparation? What kind of preparation that is required? Can you read that with me? We see that in verse 4. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places be made smooth. Let's spend a few moments in each one of them. Number one. Every valley shall be exalted. You know, before the coming of the Lord, God wants to exalt everybody. Every valley shall be exalted. And what the Lord God is talking about, who's, what the prophet is talking about, he's referring to whom. You know, I believe, this is what is my revelation to these scriptures, those who are neglected, those who are marginalized, those who, are, those who consider themselves that they are low, they are poor, but they are pure in heart, but they consider themselves low. They want to do something for God, but they don't have the skills, they don't have the abilities. They want to pursue holiness, they want to keep their garments undefiled, but they have struggles. They have struggles. They move forward, they want to push forward, but they struggle, but they don't give up. They won't give up. We're talking about God is telling every valley shall be exalted. Today they are noticed, not noticed, they are unnoticed. They are under the surface. No one knows about them. But God says, before I come to this world, I want to exalt every valley. Every valley shall be exalted. Now there is a scripture that says, those who is considered as last is going to be first. 
Every valley shall be exalted. Remember the parable that Jesus said, those who are invited, they are not going to come for the banquet. Do you remember that parable? And the master said, you go and bring everybody who is sitting at the side of the streets. You know, we are in the days that salvation is given to the Gentiles already. And we are in the days where salvation is given to those we consider as ungodly, unholy. You know, sometimes we come across people, even in the church, you know, with a lot of tattoos and things hanging here and there. You know, because certain things they can't get rid of from their body. But we see God reaching those souls. They were never thought, they, they, they never thought that they are going to be in such a place where God is using them in the ministry now. Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall be exalted. Jesus once told, I don't have the reference now, if you don't cry, the stones will cry. You know, if we are living in the days where if we don't, we are not willing if we are not available, if we are not serving God, if we are not available to do the work of God, God will raise another generation. God will raise another generation because God's work needs to be done. And this morning I believe the church is the response, has the responsibility of doing the work of God. And if we don't humble ourselves, if we don't set our attitudes right, in front of God, God is going to raise another generation. Amen. Every valley shall be exalted. Now God is the God who sets somebody in the position. God is the God who gives you honor. But when we have the right attitude, when we want to work with God, we'll see God exalting every valley. I have a testimony. All of you have testimonies. The way God is exalting, lifting us up. Every valley shall be exalted. Jesus said in Matthew 5.3, if you can read the scripture, I don't have this in the screen. If you have your Bible or you can listen to me. Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Can you say that with me? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who consider themselves as low, as poor in spirit. Feeble, gentle. In spirit, they inherit. They inherit. And this morning, God is telling us that every God is going to exalt every valley before the coming of the Lord. Number two, let's move further. Number two, every mountain and hill brought low. You know, everything that consider themselves as so high, God is going to bring them low. Everyone who is haughty in spirit. And God is about to destroy the buildup. Have you been to a dental hygienist? What she does? She cuts your hair? No. Okay. She opens your mouth. By the way, before that she will put a mask. That's important, right? And then she'll start working on that. What she will get, get removed? She'll remove all that. Build up. Yeah, I don't know what, what the name, but then it, there is some unwanted stuff that's getting built up, and that's what the hygienist is interested in to get those things removed. God, as He prepares the church, He is interested in removing those something that are built up in our lives 
unwanted things that God was, he may scrape it out or he may just chop it open or he may just, you know, remove that section of our body or he will do whatever he wants. It's better to go to heaven with one eye and one hand than going and suffering in the hell with both the eyes and both hands. He will do whatever he wants to do. Because every mountain and hill need to be brought low before the coming of the Lord. Listen to me, follow me carefully. Psalm 138 verse 6 says, Though the Lord is on high, listen to me carefully, though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly. Those who are humble in spirit, he considers them, considers them, but the proud he knows from afar. That means the proud he knows from a distance. Even God himself is so afraid of to come near to somebody who is haughty in spirit. Did you hear that? Can you hear that again this morning? Even God himself doesn't want to come near to somebody who is puffed up, who is prideful. You know, this is important this morning that we walk in humility, we walk in humbleness. Mountains represents the junk that is piled up in our lives. I'm talking about something that I'm going through, something all of us are going through. The junk that is piled up in our minds. What are those junks? Wasting our time. How do we waste our times? We waste our times in gossip. We waste our times in hanging out with friends. It's good once in a while. Okay, now somebody wakes up. Oh, okay. Right? It's wasting our time. When we hang out with friends too much. You have your homework to do. You have your prayer time to be you know, done. You have your meditation to be done. But you want to still hang out with your friends. And you come late home. Right? Mountains piled up in front of us. Dissatisfied life. We never get satisfied. We don't get satisfied with everything that slowly starts up. That dissatisfaction getting piled up in front of you. Can you imagine? I'm able to imagine that, how that works in my life. That dissatisfaction just getting piled up in front of you. The desire to make more money. Sunday morning we don't have time to come to church. Because we want to work. And we don't have mouth to say no sometimes. Because we are so afraid getting piled up in front of us. You see the piles mounting up. Laziness, lethargic approach to the things of God. It's piling up in front of us. God wants to break them because he wants to bring those mountains and hills low. Mountains also prevent us from moving forward. We want to move forward in our living, in our, in, in our devotion to the Lord, in our service to the Lord. There are so many things that we need to do. But the mountains are preventing us from moving forward. Let's move forward. Number three. The crooked places shall be made straight. Can you read that loud? The crooked places made straight. Crooked places that represents the hurdles on our way. Now if we can read, if you can ride in a straight road at 100 kilometers or 110 kilometers per hour and we can reach the destination in 30 minutes, but when we need to drive through crooked road, we obviously you don't get 120, we should be driving between anywhere between 60 to 70 and it takes 50 minutes for you to reach. 
talking about the crooked places but the crooked places in our life need to be straightened for the coming of the lord because you know lord is so conscious and lord is so loving and lord is so caring that he waits patiently until those crooked places made straight you know when the road is crooked we know that it reduces the driving speed there are crooked paths in our lives there are crooked places in our lives they don't allow us to move forward the way we want to move forward in our spiritual life in our material life in our work related situation you know what are those crooked things crooked paths that we handle with at times it may be our workload at times it may be our health condition at times it may be our relationship at times you know we are so unstable at times we are not settling down you know there is a spirit i don't know what kind of spirit is that 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 doesn't allow us to settle down in one place when we move to one place the other place looks attractive when we move to one church the other church looks at, are you with me attractive i'm talking about something that happens to me and to you and god is telling you that you need to settle down in your life because the life is like a crooked path we will never reach or we will be too late and god is telling us that it is important that we need to settle on something because these are all appearing in front of us as crooked path we don't know which direction to take where to go where to live how do we settle down you know it happened in our life too and we came to a point you know we are not moving anymore we moved and moved and moved i think the house where we are staying right now is the ninth or tenth house after our marriage tenth city and my son suffered a lot during every move and we took a decision we are not going from here because there is no way i can move into the east right so we decided yes we need to settle down here we need to make the decision some point of time in our lives to settle down otherwise you know we will be like crooked path he will never reach and what bible says is interesting scripture isaiah 45:21 i will go before you and make the crooked places straight and god says i will go before can you imagine there is a crooked road it is very curvy and you are supposed to drive and isaiah 45:2 says i will go before you and you say that you come to the side you come to the left lane and ask lord you go forward and you allow god to move forward and god starts driving and that crooked path has become a straight path for you you are able to drive and you are able to reach your destination very quickly that's what the scripture says but many times we don't allow god now god tries to overtake from the right and we will move to the right god will try to, to overtake to the left through the left we will move to the left i mean you don't understand what i'm talking about but you need to know how to drive in india right when we drive in indian highways right i drew i i did a lot of driving there indian highways somebody who is coming behind you with the high comes with a high beam you know what is high beam right so you struggle a lot and now you want to teach him a lesson that's how we do driving right now he tries to overtake you and then you go right block him right and then he will try to the left and you come to the 
left until he gives up. We keep doing it, and then, I mean, at this experience, right? I'm speaking from my experience, and then we come to the left. You know, not not after knowing the Lord, certainly before that. Come to the left, and then allow him, and he will also do the same thing to you, <laughs> right? So now God is saying that, why don't you allow me to go forward? Let me go forward and decide your destination. It's not you. Let me go forward and decide your future. It's not you. When I go forward, I will make the crooked path straight. That is very interesting. And God wants to do this before his coming. Before his second coming. And we know for sure God is coming. Jesus is coming to this world. And God wants to prepare the church. God is preparing the church. The final one. Let's finish soon. The fourth one. And the rough places smooth. Can you say that with me? The rough places smooth. Rough places. When you drive in through a rough road, it reduces the speed. Listen to me. It's not easy when you drive through a smooth road. When you drive through a rough road, you can't go very fast. It reduces your speed. Not only that, it makes damages to the vehicle. Rough roads are very difficult. You know, sometimes when you drive through the rough roads, you know, the little rocks there, you know, they, they are just thrown by the you know, vehicle that, that is traveling ahead of you and they come and fall on your windshield and break the windshield. It happens. Rough roads are not safe to drive. And God is saying, listen to me, we are talking about our own lives. And he is going to make the rough places smooth. Amen. Rough edges of life damages relationship. Listen to me carefully. Rough edges of life damages relationship. May it be in the society. May it be in the church. May it be in your family. May it be in your workplace. The rough edges that we have, they damage the relationship. What are those rough edges? God wants to smoothen those out before he comes back to this world. Otherwise, we can't go to heaven. What are those rough edges that we are struggling with? That God is calling us to get those rough edges smoothened. Did you know the fact how pebbles are made? The rock pieces which are made smooth. When the broken piece of rock get carried away by the forest flood, they rub against big rocks and all this Sharp edges get removed as they are taken away by the flood, by the river water. All the, as they roll, all the sharp edges get removed. And eventually they turn to be a beautiful pebble. Same thing happens at the seashore. When we go to the seashore, we collect all the pebbles. They were not made just that kind of pebbles. They were just, they, they were made. They were not just originally, it was not found in that fashion. They're very sharp rock pieces. But over a period of time, <clears throat> the wind of life, the waves of life hit over it, over and over again. The rough edges are removed now. Are you with me this morning? The rough edges are removed now. And we will become useful pebbles. pebbles. You know, at times when we go through difficult times in our lives, rough time in our lives, we wonder, Lord, why? Why, Lord, you allowed me that in my life? Why am I going through this thing in my life, Lord God? And God says, before I come back to this earth, all the rough edges need to be made straight, made smooth. And God can do it. How can he do it? 
He can listen to me. This is interesting. He can do it through your life partner. You don't need somebody else to come and remove your roughage. Your wife is good enough. She is made for that. Amen. Your husband is good enough. He is made for that. God sent even before the foundation of the earth. God appointed that Gordon will get married to Barbara. And Barbara will come and straighten, right? Smoothen all the rough edges of Gordon. <laughs> See the hand going up? Amen. Same thing with me. That's the truth. Marriage is made in? Yes? Believe? Okay. If that is made in heaven, allow yourself. Don't try to run away. Allow yourself. Because God has made that for a reason. To smoothen the rough edges. What about your colleague? When you go to your workplace, he is right there. You lose all your peace in a fraction of a second the moment you see her. Oh my God, she's my nursing manager this morning in the duty. Oh God, it's done. And who has appointed her as a nursing manager? God. For what? Smooth and the rough edges in the workplace. Every morning you come to church and you see me here on the stage. And who has appointed me here? God. God. For what? To smoothen the rough edges in your life. Every time I see you, I realize, oh my God, he has come to church this morning. I thought he won't come this morning. I prayed this morning. God did not listen to my prayer. He come to church now. He's going to judge me now. Who has put him in the church? God. To smoothen me. It's true. It's true. You may be your supervisor, your team lead, your fellow believer. God works in your life and in my life to remove those smoothen, to remove those rough edges. Just yield. Just be quiet. Can you be quiet? Can you just stop complaining? Just allow yourself because it is God appointed with a purpose. With the purpose of working in our behaviors, our characters, our shyness, our fears, our timidity, everything needs to be smoothened so that all the rough places will be made smoothened before the coming of the Lord. David took how many pebbles? Five stones, five pebbles in the hands, in his hands. He could just use only one. The job was done. Now God needs to smoothen our lives before the job is done through our lives and this morning are we willing are we willing before we close just to summarize verse 4 we were dwelling on verse 4 Isaiah chapter 40 God is preparing the church for his coming number one thing that he does every valley shall be exalted and number two thing every mountain and hill brought low number three the crooked places shall be made straight and the fourth one and the rough places be made smooth Shall we all stand for a moment? I will just read one scripture before we close. For Samuel, if you can read that with me in the screen. For Samuel chapter 2 verse 8. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. 
You know, He is our God. He is such a good God. Can we close our eyes?